like I said, there ain't but a few times that we actually miss football. For me, one of them is free agency, because you see that's the ticker on the ticker. That's where everybody making them millions of dollars. Indeed, sir. You know what I'm saying? Super Bowl, because that's what we all aspire to get to and win the ring. And then, and then week one, because that's when the season kicks off. You can't get to week one if you don't go through training camp. Can't so the, do it. <laughs> time is upon us, man. Can't do it, man. Facts, man. It's time to get it. The season is upon us. Let's do it. Behind the mask. To what up, my boy? What's good, family? Another day in paradise. You know what it is. Hey, you best believe it. Because guess what? We're in the month of August, and that means it is football season. Everybody is going back to training camp. Mm-hmm. July has finished. Shout out to MLB. They created a very good all-star game, yeah, fan yeah, engagement. Yeah. But July is the worst month of the year <laughs> when you talk about sports. Yeah, fact. Now we got football, and the boys are going back to training camp. They already in training camp. Man, before we get into all of that, bro, I'd be remiss if I ain't show some love right now to the newest analyst on ESPN SEC Network. Welcome to the BTM Lounge, my dog, Takeo Spikes. We hit it! I'm in here, baby! Hey, man. How you gonna not let the audience, the BTM audience, know what's going on? You know what I'm saying? You you got the new gig with the SEC Network. Yes, yes. Enlighten us. How that come about, man? Well, you know what, man? It, it, it's been a process. You know it's been a process, and um, I actually didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, I've been covering pro football since I came out of the game. Mm -hmm. SEC Network started back in 2015, and I was actually signed up under another company, so I couldn't leave. Um, So, you know, for me, it's just been – listen, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Facts, facts, facts. You know what I mean? So – I, I truly see this right here as perfect timing. And it really gives me an opportunity, bro, to go in and really just share my perspective mm-hmm. of how I see the game. And I feel like like my perspective matters. Yeah. Like It actually does matter. Why? Because I'm officially a SEC legend, mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Two, I played in one of the greatest schools in the SEC. Shout yeah. out to them Auburn Tigers. Yeah, yeah. And last but not least, man, it really gives me a chance to break down the game and really show the viewers the little hidden points of, like, this is why it happened. Don't look at so much of what happened, but this is why it happened. And, you know, when people ask me, like, well, what I got to look forward to? What do I have to look forward to? Easy, bold, dramatic, and engaging conversation. Right. War! Fucking Eagle! <laughs> I just wanted to do that one more time. No doubt, Phil. No doubt. Congratulations again, bro. To all of my early morning risers, this is for you, coffee lovers. Life moves fast, but time stands still when you're with the ones you love. Savor the moment, big or small, with Starbucks ready-to-drink coffee. From bottle frappuccino drinks to canned nitro cold brew, Starbucks coffee gets you ready for the right now. Available now, online, or wherever you buy your groceries. And obviously, like you said, it's August, so training camp is upon us. Not only with the NFL, college as well. We've both been there. And um, 
you know, I, I remember so many crazy stories about training camp, my first ones. But I want to ask you, man, because I know you got some wild stories, too, being the first-round pick that you were going through training camp. What was it like? What should the fans expect from their favorite players going into training camp right now? Well, they should ex- expect excitement because all of the guys are are are, are happy to be back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, we talk to each other. And you really don't get a chance to see each other because you're training in your own respective cities. But fans really should look forward to guys starting the process and hearing the comments of the excitement. Mm. What are they looking forward to? We got a new quarterback. I want to see how he's going to progress. I I think about covering the 49ers. What is Trey Lance doing? So they're going to pay attention to that, especially on the defensive side. Mm -hmm. And then the thing that I look forward to even as a player, is when you sitting down and you just want to hear like, man, how was your summer, bro? What did you yeah. do? And one of the stories that really like stuck in my head, I remember one teammate saying, man, you know what? I know I'm in this locker room and most guys dread being in training camp. Yeah, Come to think about it, I remember my 15th year, I was sitting inside of the locker room and I told one young cat he was trying to be funny. And I was like, man, shut up. What you (laughs) fail to realize is this. This is my 15th year. At the end of this month, because we all spent a month in training camp, I I would have officially spent one year and three months in training camp out of my lifetime. Now, that's a grind. Yeah, But going back to Buddy, who was there, he was like, I'm excited to be here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you excited to come to training camp? And he was like a 10th-year player. Mm. I was like, so please tell. Why are you excited? He said, I don't think you're ready for this answer. And I was like, what you mean you don't think I'm ready for this answer? <laughs> he was like, honestly, I'm just happy to be outside of the house and I, I don't have to be around my wife. I say, damn, bro, is, is it bad? that bad? Right, right. It can't be that bad, but – Trust me, like that's the type of stuff that training camp brings about. Yeah. As as fans, you want to hear how each player is progressing. Yeah. But as a player, you want to hear like, man, what you went through this summer? Yeah, why man. are you glad to be back? Why why is it that? Yeah, man. I, and you know what's dope about training camp, man? When you finally go back, like you said, you get back to business. You know what I mean? Yeah. That all season is a grind in itself, all the workouts. You know what I'm saying? Because football is, is, is year-round. You know, you're still working out four or five days a week. You're still doing your best to eat right and stay in shape and all of that. True. But the offseason, you ain't getting paid like you're getting paid during the season. You know what I'm saying? So now you finally start to get back to some normalcy. You start getting some deposits back in that bank account. You yes, know what sir. I mean? So, so cats be looking forward Cha-ching. to that. You know what I mean? Don't don't forget that. And um, I, the one thing I remember, my, my first couple years in, in uh, I was with the Saints when I got drafted, Jack Henry, my O-line coach, I was kind of going through the motions because, you know, training camp gets monotonous over and over two days. Don't it, don't bro. thing, like seven, eight in the morning for offensive linemen. The first thing we do is hit the sled. Soon as we come out, after we finish stretching, 80, 90 degree weather, you baking. And you got on all of all that shit. All these pads. And the first thing you do is hit the sled. Like, basically to wake you up. Second thing you do, one-on-one run blocking against the D-line. So it's like they snap you into it. And I was going through the motions one day, and Jack was like, hey, two. He said, you all right? I said, yeah, coach, I'm chilling. He's like, yeah. guess what? So what? He said, the only thing worse than being in training camp is not being in training camp. 
I was like, chew on that for Yeah, me. I was like, what you mean, coach? He's like, you'll understand, but hopefully it's not too late when you, when you get it. <laughs> but then years later- You won't I, have a job. You won't have a job, yeah. He said, think about it. Everybody, any place that you would rather be, everybody in that other position wants to be where you're at, living your dream, making money. So true. Doing something you did since you was a child. They would love to be in that position. And you worrying about what they doing because they on the beach on vacation. Didn't you just come on vacation? You got a point. And I think back to one of my boys, my man Casey. We were, we came out of high school together. And one day he went to a recruiting office, went to the Marines. So it's like 2000, 2001. So when I'm in training camp, I'm getting letters from him. This is before, you know, Texas and all of that. So I'm getting letters from him to the locker room. Oh, so y'all, y'all he was writing. He's writing, he was writing from, from Afghanistan. Yeah, you're showing your age, he, Tucson. It's 2000. They didn't the have comments? text. They didn't start text messaging to like what? You're right. You're 102, right. like, you know, like for real. Yeah. So he he tells me, how's it, you know, he's like, how's it in, in training camp? I was like, it's great. I'm doing what I love to do. Only thing is I hate the heat. I hate the, you know, the grind of it. I'm just ready to go, ahead, go back to sleep in my own bed. He's like, 100 degrees? Is 120 in Afghanistan. Mm. We got all this military gear on. We're dodging bullets. Mm. The soda tastes like battery acid. I don't even smoke, but I find myself smoking cigarettes just to maintain so I'm not stressed out. Wow. I said, you know what? I don't want to be there. That's why I say it's another day in paradise because every day you live in your life, bro, he made it out, but... Ain't nothing like it when you think about it. If you look at it in, in that context, bro, it that's deep. <laughs> ain't nothing like it, man. That's that's deep. And everybody copes in different ways. Yeah. And we think we we think we have it bad. You know what I mean? But yeah, everybody does. I, I, I guess relatively, if you in your sector or if your own little thing of what you're doing, mm-hmm. then you I guess you compare apples for apples. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is, man. And I think one of the dope things too. Training camp could go either way. You know what I mean? Everybody thinks they have it worse. You got you got your young fellas that want to get there, improve their roster spots. Then you got your veterans like, you know, like yourself, like you were. And you're like, I just want to get out healthy. All I want to do is get out of camp healthy. Get out of camp healthy, make it to the regular season where it really starts. And some guys are holding out for contracts. Some guys are faking – Receivers do this a lot, fake the hamstring injuries and the little tweaks so they could go ride the bike and chill. What? How many times have you seen that? It's like They do. They do. And I don't even care if they get mad <laughs> because guess what? I don't blame them. Yeah. They run full speed. Mm-hmm. Like it ain't no – you can't develop timing with half speed. Right. Everything they do is full speed. When you look at Formula One races mm-hmm. – they ain't going around. Lewis Hamilton yeah. ain't going around that track half speed. He's opening that thing up, and guess what right. he does after he finishes? Take it back to the garage so yeah. they can work on it. Yeah. The wide receivers are the same <laughs> way. They go ahead, give a few routes, then they t- oh, man, hamstring a little tight. <laughs> Just a little tight. Just a little tight, coach. Yeah, you gotta yeah. sit down, man. Crazy man. What are some of the wild training camp stories that you had, though, bro? Because I know we had a we had a bunch, man. Uh, I think. Um, Listen, I got a bunch of them. One of the best stories that I've we I used to we used to love that to haze all of the guys. Yeah. The youngins. You know, the, the youngsters that come in. You know what I mean? Like, you already know they running up against the bullet anyway to make mm-hmm. time. 
but you sent him to, hey man, go down here to Hardy's and get me like some of them croissants, brother. Yeah. Tell him don't melt, <laughs> don't melt my cheese too hard. Tell him I want it, I want it flash heated. Never ordered that before. That's I just thought saying. of it and just made him do that. And he was like, hey man, Spikes, they, they say they never heard of flash heated <laughs> cheese. And so we laughing on the back. And I was like, what you talking about? Don't, don't come back here if you ain't got no yeah. flash heated cheese yeah. on my sandwich now. Yeah. But you know what I mean? So like those are the memories that as much as they hated us, mm -hmm. they really appreciated us in the end because it brought us closer together. Yeah. As crazy as that may sound. Because yeah. it's just a respect thing. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that's dope about training camp, though, did y'all have the, the end of camp parties? You know, when you didn't have to break curfew, you didn't have to make curfew no more, like that last Thursday or something like that? No, nah, I played for some drill sergeants. You and, did? And they would micromanage you to death. Nah, nah. We we used to have, so you know, the, when you break camp, yeah. which is when you go back home, you get to sleep in your own bed, the coach kind of lightens up, you know, on the practice, it's not so hard. You can't, Closer you get to the season, they can't do two a days full pads all the right, time. You right, can, they right. can't run you in the dirt, particularly the veterans. Why? Because the season is coming. You want everybody to be healthy. So what they would do, former guests on the Behind the Mask podcast, our boy OG Brian Cox, we were in training camp one year together in New Orleans, and uh, B Cox is like, man, too, man, we about to have, we have to have a party. I was like, how are we having a party in, you know, what I'm saying, in training camp? He said, man, the party coming to us. Like, how the party coming to us, man? So we were in Thibodeau, Louisiana, where Saints training camp is at. Yeah. There's one rinky-dink strip club down there in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Please tell me y'all didn't go to this one rinky-dink strip club in Louisiana. What did I just say OG did? He said he's bringing a party to us. We in the parking lot. They got a pickup truck. So they use the pickup truck as like a stage. All the players have ones. Man, don't and do the dancers is dancing. Do Stop lying, dog. No lies in the lounge. No lies in the lounge. Proceed. Proceed. <laughs> in the parking lot, they dancing in the pickup truck, and the players is throwing ones in the pickup in the parking lot. <laughs> no, that, I was like, what kind of, what kind of shit is this? <laughs> so y'all had strippers on the back of the pickup on truck. On the back of the pickup truck, man. So what were y'all sitting in, lawn chairs? We standing. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. But the funny thing is later in, the, uh, later in my career with the Giants, it's the same thing, man. Of course, they didn't, you know, they wasn't like naked, but at the same time, they was, they was you know, you know, dancing, doing their thing, bro. So it's things like that that I can never forget. <laughs> the break camp parties was the classic, bro. They were so classic. So, you know, you see why people get so excited when the players get excited when training camp is coming. Also, because the season is starting. So that's, that's some of the, you know, some of the dope things that I remember about training camp, man. I, I ain't, listen. I've been a part of a lot of stuff. Y'all ain't never do that? We have. But we go to the establishment. Y'all acting like we you have, have no resources at he all. You push curfew back an hour. So, so y'all just brought the pickup truck out there. And just, hey, somebody got the, the music from the pickup truck. Everybody had a system. So any Rocking. lights? What about the lights? You need no lights. It's street light. Go up under the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> so you just saw what you want to see. Like, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> 
<laughs> Classic swatting bugs and shit. Like, yo, man, this. <laughs> they probably got mosquito bites <laughs> mosquito. on. Uh, <laughs> they scratching here. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, but check this out. That's the beauty of training camp. Yeah, yeah. But let's take it to another level. Okay. What's the transition like for the guy who doesn't make it to training camp, who is a free agent, who's hoping to be picked back up, or even the guys who just freshly retired? Yeah. You and I have been through that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the time of, or that's the time where you have to have your mind right because it's, you're doing something that you've done your entire life. I remember when my last year in the league, bro. I see you laughing about it. <laughs> How the hell y'all got girls on a pickup truck? Hey, man, that flatbed. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you had old Dusty, your, your, your truck out there, man. Hey, man. Classic. Don't, knock, right, don't, don't knock it till you try it. Proceed, bro. <laughs> Proceed. Hennessy celebrates those who never stop and never settle in their never-ending pursuit of greatness. Maurice Ashley lives his passion. Through his love of chess, he made history in 1999 as the world's first black grandmaster. An inspiring story of intellect and brilliance, his ability to push the potential of his own mind to new levels of greatness is universally inspiring. Visit www.hennessy.com to learn more about Maurice Ashley. In the world of the mind, there are no limits. Hennessy, never stop, never settle. 21 and older, please enjoy responsibly. But how is it though? Like, what? It's hard to cope with. Yeah, it is. And if you don't have, again, if you don't have your mind right in terms of what may be next, because everybody doesn't know when that last snap is. You know what I'm saying? Some people think I have a little, a little bit left in the tank. Some people think, yeah, I may get a phone call. Yeah. But if that last snap occurs or happens, and you know, you're not leaving with an injury or you just kind of washed up, just don't have anything left to give. If your mind ain't right, that depression could kick in. And I remember my last year, I kind of thought it was my, my, the end of my career after my 10th year. The Giants in the beginning of the season and then finished with the Texans. Yeah. Didn't play with the Texans. I was a player coach sitting on the sideline making six figures just <laughs> right. And, you know, and that's making, okay. Yeah. I'm, you kidding me? 750000 I'd be like. But when that season was over, I was like, this feels like the beginning of my career, how it was before I was – good enough to get on the field. I was like, I'm not about to go through this again. So for me, I kind of was like, that next offseason, I didn't work out as much. I didn't really hound my agent looking for for opportunities to visit teams. I'm like 10 years in, I saved up a little bit of money. My kids are getting older now. You know what, maybe I, maybe if my end of my career is gonna be like the beginning, uh-huh. I don't want no parts of that. I'ma just figure out what's next. And I was cool with that. And I remember talking to our boy Carlos Simmons. He had Wet Willies at the time. We were at the back of Wet Willies, man. And I'm like, bro, what, what do you do? When when training camp don't start, because I think you and Dion Grant, DG, were the only two left in you know out the crew yeah, we in the playing. league, man. And um, he was like, "What do you mean? What we do?" I'm like, "It's nothing to do." He's like, it's "Everything to do." He said, "Think about it. Basketball hasn't started up yet. Facts. Football is just starting. All the football players left and went back to training camp. Guess who's left in the city? Like, what? Just y'all. Us. So I said, "What that mean? All the business people." They want us. All the women around, they want us. <laughs> it's our city for the taking. I'm sitting here like, 
Oh my God, bro, are you serious? This movie, but he's like, you have to find something to, to to challenge your mind, to charge your mind, to figure, okay, what what am I gonna do next? Because if not, you'll dig yourself a hole, which is terrible. It was just hard as hell to get out of it, bro. Bro, you, know I mean? you hit it. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head because ultimately, at the end of the day, it brings on depression. Uh-huh. And I even know for myself, I, I get people all the time. You t- you know, we talked about this, this part. People say, hey, I just want to congratulate you. Or, or they even tell you, I appreciate the transition yeah. that you're making out of the game. And they speak to me as if it was very easy. Mm. You know, but if eyes are the window of the soul and if you really can connect with people like that, I can give you a look back to be like, it ain't. Like, I worked. Yeah. Like, it yeah. ain't, it's not like I just, hey, I'm done. Let me just go show up wherever I want to. Yeah. Nah, man, that, bro, it, it was deep. What did you, what did you have to do to, to combat that? I just, what I realized, it, it was a few things. One, I had to go and I had to realize who was, who was good to me while I was playing the game. Mm-hmm. I knew at the end of the day, I, I always wanted to go into media. But that doesn't mean that you're going to have a spot waiting on you going into media. Unless if you just freshly won a Super Bowl. Facts, facts. You know, you you always get the first tier jobs from that. Or if you're a quarterback. Or if you're a quarterback. (laughs) You might have one of them 30 plus million dollar a year deals waiting like Mr. Brady over there. (laughs) But um, uh, that was one of the things, man. And then uh, the other part of it was just from a depression standpoint, you know, I just kind of felt like why it was so hard, a sense of belonging. Mm. You know, you didn't have that sense of belonging anymore because mm-hmm. every year, honestly, since I was seven years old, I knew what was expected of me to do in the month of August. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. care what level of football that you're playing, you know training camp slash football starts. Yeah. And so now when you don't have that, you're not part of that team camaraderie, Bro, it starts to mess with you. Yeah, yeah. And then you take into account the tenure, the amount of time that you're playing. I played, I retired at 36 years old. Mm. Guess what? I look back over my life, 29 years out of 36 years of living at that time period, I played organized sport. So for me, it was like, oh my God, what's next? Like this is all I ever wanted to do. And then I think the last thing, what you brought up, which is so key, we all want to walk out on our terms, meaning it's over when I say it's over. Mm -hmm. But it don't happen that way, only for the very few. Even after my 15 years, when I got kicked out of my last game, John, listen, I'm not going to go there. I want to – I want anyway, let me stay focused. I want to give the referee some shit, but I'm I'm not going <laughs> to give him energy right now. Did you know that was going to be your last game? I did not know that was going to be my last game because I knew I was still good enough to play. Was I as good as I once were? Nah, but I still were better than some of these other dudes yeah. out here. But I looked at the opportunities that presented itself. It was for teams that were not even – they didn't even have an opportunity to even play and go to the playoffs and win a championship. So for me, I was like, nah, as much as I love the game of football, 
that was the first time in my life. Like, man, I wouldn't, it was times I would never date a girl or women if football was around yeah. during the season yeah. because mm-hmm. I loved it that much. Mm-hmm. That was the first time in my life I really sat back and said, I don't know if I could give the game what I used to give it because the game is starting to hurt me. And it was hurting me from a torn bicep that I st- is still torn to, torn to this day because I never could get it fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, from an Achilles, all of these aches and pains. And so for me, that depression even set in even further just yeah. because of those those things right there. Yeah, man. And, and, and people, people often say, I don't understand how an athlete can – get depressed or deal with mental health when they've made so much money. Like money cures it all. But I can break it down for you exactly why that depression kicks in. <clears throat> As you mentioned, you played, uh, you said, what, 27 out of 36 years? You played 29 out of 36 29 years? Out of 36. You played football. So you do something as an athlete, you do something from a young age, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? If you're lucky enough to make it to a professional level, collegiate level, what have you, that's the majority of your life like it was for you. So you do something from a young age, it becomes innate. It becomes part of your fiber. From doing that thing so long, you develop a love for the game. Yeah. Right? Through that love for the game, it becomes a part of you. You get the adoration from the crowd, the roar from the crowd, not the beast that. You get that roar from the crowd, and then you paid handsomely. You make it a lot of money to do something you love and that yes, people are Lord. cheering you on for. And then when you physically beat up, you talk about the injuries, what do they do? Pump you full of modern medicine. Get you as close to 100% as possible for you to go out there and play and keep it going. And do it all over and again. And do it all over again, week in and week out. But when it's that last snap, you no longer have that access to the modern medicine. You no longer get the adoration in the roar from the crowd. You no longer paid handsomely something is still innate in your body because you've been doing it for the majority of your life and the only thing you're left with is the love for the game. Nothing's feeding that love. So, my question to you is, how do you feel the void? Because you don't have it anymore. Yeah. You have to find something to feed that love. Uh, what did you What did you do to feel the void? Listen, I, like I said, I, I had, my son was around 10, no, he was 12 at the time when I retired. My daughter was two, just was born. London was just born. So it was like, for me, I know what I missed being on the road during the season, my mother watching them, uh, watching the kids or whatever, or my ex-wife watching the kids. And then I knew what I was missing, missing the games, missing the development, missing first steps or whatever. You know what I mean? And I was like, I'm not going to miss that anymore because I'm in training camp, because I'm on the road at a game. Like It was times, top, I would leave and go on uh, to a road game and Ty would hug me when he was young, I would be on the other side of the door and he'd start crying. And I would stand on the other side of the door and wait for him to stop crying before I left. Now, his moms didn't know that at the time. Of course, he didn't know he was too young. But I'm like, nah, he got to stop crying because I can't leave. Mind you, the team bus, you know, we got to be, we oh, got to yeah. be, catch the team, uh, they, the team you playing, and they, they going to leave you. They going to leave and you. And find you if you miss it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm sitting there outside the other side of the door waiting for him to stop like, yo, he got to stop crying because I guess what? If I'm here, if daddy's there, he going to stop. Yeah. So I'm like, what am I, you know, what am I doing? So it was things like that that kind of messed with me. 
And I'm like, I'm not going to let it mess with me no more. So that was my driver. My kids was my driver. Yep. And then I created Beyond the Burroughs National Scholarship Fund, so I had an opportunity to give back to other students that were uh, in a situation where they wanted to chase their dreams, but they just didn't have enough money to to do so. So I'm like, there's certain things that I started doing, then I had a restaurant, Cloud9, and I'm like, I have things to kind of point me in the direction to consume my time, to challenge me to reach my second dream in life. You know what I mean? The first dream as a kid was playing ball. Yep. Wanted to be the best father I could be. Think I did that? Cool. So now what's left? I got to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Continue to be the best father. Establish these businesses and, and, and pull yourself into something that you that you do love that you can actually control a little bit more than the NFL because you can't control that because when they say it's done, it's done. Oh, no doubt, bro. You and, know what I mean? And it hurts. Even I went through it, you know, and just for me, it was more so uh, – my daughter, Ja'Kai, you know, that was the first time to where we actually got a chance to spend Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, Christmas. It probably wasn't up until maybe a few years ago to where I really felt like the holiday spirit really meant something to mm-hmm. me. Because I spent so many years, I spent a lot of years without even being around family for Christmas. Yeah. Spent a lot of years Thanksgiving, you know, it's just. Yeah. You either playing on Thanksgiving or getting ready to play. It's yeah, like, and if you if you were not playing, you were looking at the Thanksgiving else. game, yeah, yeah. looking at the game. So for me, that consumed a lot of time, which was good mm-hmm. because you miss out on so much of fatherhood and just really getting the chance to interact with your kids. Yeah, I think the other one was if you ain't careful, if you're not careful, it's two things, but I combine them into one, booze and women. <laughs> And so when you look at those two, you marry those two together. Mm-hmm. And does it feel good? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the closest thing that can probably give you the feeling of coming out of the tunnel. And it still doesn't come close to coming out of the tunnel for that first home season opener. But it is the it is the one thing that I think, you know, a lot of single guys like to do. Mm-hmm. Because that passes time by. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel good for the moment. But what you don't realize is, bro, you're wasting so much time that you could be de- turning and de- really helping yourself just from a self-developmental standpoint yeah. Yeah. to be able to learn and to be able to grow from that and to brush up on some new tricks of the trade mm-hmm. so you can sharpen your pencil and go into any boardroom. Yeah. Just because... You haven't done it doesn't mean you can't do it. That's a fact. You was too busy being a subject matter expert at something else. Mm -hmm. You know, so ultimately at the end of the day, you know, those those things, especially the women in the booze. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was something that I know I was like, lock in, Spikes. Mm -hmm. You got to lock in. If you want to accomplish something, you got to be able to set your mind there and then go get it. Set those goals and go get it. Yeah, yeah. And I asked. I asked my brother Ray one time, <clears throat> I asked him to go with us somewhere, you know, travel with us, a uh, party. And like you said, you you chasing two things. You're chasing alcohol and you're chasing women. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I said, bro, I said, why why don't you want to come? He's like, I'm on my grind, man. I can't 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 go right now. I said, man, come on, man. You ain't got to be on your grind. I got you covered. He said, look, I done lost a lot of money chasing these women. But I ain't never lose no women chasing this money. Mm. 
So he kept it going. Man, so for, say that one more time for I the people lost in the a back. lot of money chasing these women, but I ain't never lose no women chasing this money. So for all the young cats out there that's waiting for that phone call and waiting for your agent, don't wait. Be progressive. Be proactive. Find something else that you can do that'll sharpen your skills. You know what I mean? The league has a ton of uh, uh, programs, transitional programs. programs. We've we've been through them. Went back and got our MBAs. Went back to broadcast boot camp and sharpen the skills. Executive Uh, education class. Executive education class. At some of the most prestigious universities, Wharton, Harvard. Yeah, facts. All of those. Stanford. I went to all of them myself, so Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're saying. And you know what? Another thing that I did, I would fill my calendar with senseless meetings, mm-hmm. trying to get that fulfillment of accomplishing something that was similar to the game of yeah. what I was playing. And so when you look back at it, you was like, man, you just wasted all of this time meeting with somebody who just really wanted to meet you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just, that was the highlight of their day. Yeah. Now you're going home, like, man, how can I create another deal? So, you know, yeah. sometimes you have to protect yourself from yourself. Most of And I think the other thing is, you know, we got to talk about this. It's the solutions. For me, like, just from a solution standpoint, for all of the guys, because you're going to go through it. Yeah. Like, I don't care how – I don't care what you accomplish throughout the game in any sport. You're going to go through it. So, for me, I think one of the solutions that I, I would highly recommend to any athlete is understand the connects that you made while you were in the game. Mm-hmm. And you can and don't just be like, well, I just played the football. Yeah, you did. But you didn't have the same coach for the same time. That coach has went on and went somewhere else. You did not have the same GM. He's probably somewhere else at a GM at another team. Mm-hmm. And so use those connects to see what you're really passionate about as far as making that transition. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I, I you know, I was told this, I tell everybody who is in my circle, don't chase the dollar. Chase what you love doing and the money will come. You got to do that. And I highly, highly preach that to all of my guys out there and women once you're done with the game. Because once you develop a passion for something, you will never work a day in your life if you do what you love. I truly believe that, man. And then the last thing is really just understanding how can you continue to put structure around what you do? Mm. If you put structure around what you do, now it makes it that much easier to stay on the schedule, to keep things in alignment, and you can fulfill the same goals that you probably had when you were playing. You can keep that same schedule now that you're not playing. Get up in the morning, get a workout, research shows. If you get up and move your body around and wake yourself up, you're going to think more strategically throughout the day. Your thoughts will become more intentional about everything. And so for me, I, I that's my recommendation. Make sure you keep all of that in play because just because you're not playing the game doesn't mean that you got to stop living life. Yeah, still get up and still be active, man, because the day that you stop learning is the day that you stop living. That's a fact. That's a fact, bro. Mic drop, man. Mic drop. And I think, you know, all the players out there, everybody looking forward to training camp, looking forward to the season is upon us. Like I said, there ain't but a few times that we actually miss football. For me, 
One of them is free agency, because you see that's the ticker on the ticker. That's where everybody making them millions of dollars. Indeed, sir. You know what I'm saying? Super Bowl, because that's what we all aspire to get to and win a ring. And then, and then week one, because that's when the season kicks off. You can't get to week one if you don't go through training camp. Can't so the, do it. <laughs> time is upon us, man. Can't do it, man. Facts, man. It's time to get it. The season is upon us. Let's do it. Hennessy celebrates those who never stop and never settle in their never-ending pursuit of greatness. Maurice Ashley lives his passion. Through his love of chess, he made history in 1999 as the world's first black grandmaster. An inspiring story of intellect and brilliance, his ability to push the potential of his own mind to new levels of greatness is universally inspiring. Visit www.hennessy.com to learn more about Maurice Ashley. In the world of the mind, there are no limits. Hennessy, never stop, never settle. 21 and older, please enjoy responsibly. Behind the 